Hi, Meg. Hi, Kieran. So the most common thing that we're hearing from people is what avatar am I? People are just genuinely confused. Yep. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so they feel like they have a trait of one and a trait of another, and they're all combined. Is there some kind of hybrid? <laughs> yes. Am I a hobbity elf? Am I a fairy-ish gnome? Yep. Yeah. So let's get into that today. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Kieran Trace. And I'm Megan Rogel. Welcome to Humans Decoded, a story of hobbits, fairies, elves, dwarfs, gnomes, and humans. If you get lost at any point, there is a deep dive on all the different avatars in episode one. It includes notes. Thank you for joining us in a fun little chat about the vast potential of our human makeup. Let's start the show. Okay, so you have this really good term. I like, you call it a rising sign, mm-hmm. taking it from the astrology, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is that where it comes from? That's exactly it. And yeah. what, tell me what you, what is that rising sign? What do you mean by that? A rising sign is those elements that are um, maybe not the core aspects of you, right? In astrology, it's your sun sign. Um, and then your rising sign is often seen as the way that you face um your social environments. So it's sort of the um, first glance of somebody, that um, outer layer. Yeah. Cool, an outer layer. And so can the avatars have this rising sign, this outer layer? They certainly can. But different than astrology, the rising sign is not baked into the cake. It's not actually part of the core avatar. It actually comes from our conditioning. And so if we are an elf and we grew up around a lot of hobbits, we might really, you know, think (laughs) we like pot pies and cozy, you know, fireplaces. But underneath, it's a little agitating and we'd like a really bright room, um, but we think we should, for instance. I see. So the outer layer is this conditioning layer. It, It comes from the environment you're around and not your authentic person. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so what can this look like? You gave one example. Let's, let's, I think fairies is a really good, they're often deeply confused because their rhythm is so unique. Absolutely. And they, exactly. So they, we have a friend who we for a while thought she was a hobbit because she kind of dressed as one and she, um, she moved a lot slower than she would actually like, um, based in her conditioning, based in the family she grew up in, based in a kind of pressure to move at the pace of the family versus at the pace of her authenticity, which was um, really fast as a fairy, and then fully resting and doing about nothing for, for, for several days. So it took her years of our work, actually, frankly, to uncover the authentic ways that her avatar moves um, and not to feel shame or guilt about how fast it moved, how the way that she moved. Then what does that years of work look like yes. to dissolve off that outer, the surface layer you're talking about, which we're calling that rising sign that comes from conditioning? Yeah. Well, in our work, we do... Um, a lot of embodiment. We do a lot of inquiry, which is to question our core beliefs, our core stressful thoughts that confuse us. So beliefs that I'm not good enough, belief that there's something wrong with me, these 
things we pick up with, pick up in our childhoods. Um, yeah, because sometimes before childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will sometimes hear from people say, um, you know, everything is so good. Like my parents were so nice yes. and it was so loving. And so there must be something wrong with me yes. that I have this irritability or this rage like it's unjustified because my parents were so loving and nice exactly and so um and and in believing that my my parents are so loving and they may very well have been but they moved quite differently um another example is a, a client of mine who comes from a family of dwarves but she's an elf and so she's constantly thinking like there's something wrong with her that she doesn't want to go to every family gathering um and rather go research or or um, run her business or go on a, you know, a long run. Um, the fact that she wouldn't prioritize her family makes her think that there's something fundamentally wrong with her. And so the years of work were unraveling those beliefs and looking at what's just actually true in her body. What is actually alignment or what we call, what you've termed delicious, yes, what's actually delicious for this being, this body, this avatar, which is a real thing. It's not a it's not a belief. It's not a. It's not conditioned. It's like my body likes this food. My body likes this environment. My body likes to move at this pace. That's just real. And I think that can be what happens a lot when we are, we're raised in families who may be kind and they may be Absolutely. nice and they may be loving, but they are not encouraging your authenticity. That's right. And so we genuinely have a world where we have a lot of confused people because the family has an agenda. Yes. And the the parents have an agenda and it's blind and it's unseen and no one's talking about it. Yes. And it is not an encouragement of your authenticity. It is an encouragement of their belief systems. Yes. We exactly. really see this with the um LBGT, you know, yes. community um where you come from family members who don't encourage your own authentic expression of sexuality yeah. and are loving and kind and sweet. And so you repress it or think there's something wrong with you or you try deeply to be otherwise. Yes. We see this in family of immigrants as well, where mm -hmm. the um, systemic racism and the systemic poverty really pushes the immigrant family to want their children mm -hmm. to have a life that doesn't have that poverty, that doesn't have that racism. And their misunderstanding is that in order to get that, you have to be financially successful as a doctor, as a lawyer, yeah. you know, this sort of thing. So you have this very loving, very warm, connected family, mm -hmm. but there's a really big agenda going on. Yes. And it can affect that outer facing layer. Yes. Deeply. Yes, absolutely. And in surprising ways, yes. ways that you didn't... You, you might draw a line and say, actually, I really wanted to be a musician my whole life. Mm -hmm. But in my family, I had to be a lawyer or a doctor. So this, so my outer facing was to compromise in my purpose. Yes. But in fact, when we start to do that healing work and we start to heal, we see that the outer facing layer had to do with an enormous amount of confusion over everything, not just purpose, yes. but sexuality and who you're attracted yes. to and the kind of foods you want to eat and the kind of friends you have. Yes. And because it created a core belief system around being not good enough. Yes. Yes. So there's yes. something fundamentally wrong with me that I don't want to do what my 
family will clearly make my family happy yeah. happy and then it starts to ebb away over their their lifetime all these aspects absolutely as a child we don't have the scope of awareness to know that our family is conditioned and that they have these agendas and they may be well-intentioned but you know the road to hell <laughs> behaves in good, with good intentions. intentions and you can have subtler ones too right absolutely. you can have a family that very much values like intelligence absolutely and being bright and smart and it's not obvious it's a subtle wash in the family culture and then there you are who may not have an intelligence with book learning Exactly. That would be me. <laughs> I grew up with a fairy who loved the news and all new new pieces of information and a gnome father who wanted to be buried in a book most days. And so my idea of what intelligence is was having a lot of information, basically. Yeah, being super intelligent around information that comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no value placed on the intelligence of your hand. Absolutely. Artistic Building, creativity. Creativity it, yeah. working. No, it took me I mean, until my late 20s before I was, or mid, mid to late 20s before I started the creative and artistic working with my hands pursuits that I loved. Because you know? there you were getting your graduate degree, right. your postgraduate yes, yes, yeah, exactly. at the most prestigious universities, <laughs> yes. teaching at those universities, running clinics, doing yes, exactly, preparing my lectures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd really like to be building a table. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's stuff I loved about it, but it was the, it was it was it was not the it was not sitting in the library all day. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we can very subconsciously pick up yes. this culture of our environment, yeah. and then it confuses that authentic compass, the internal compass. Yes. So the outward facing layer is responding very elfy or gnomy or fairy or, or, you know, and or dwarfy and you're deeply confused as to what that authentic rhythm in yourself is. Yeah, you may not have ever tapped into it. And a lot of what we do is helping people to start to tap in. And uh, it can be quite a wild ride. (laughs) And And it it can take a while. It can take a while for sure. It can take a while and and, and every step of that journey is useful. We have a um, beautiful, prominent member in our community who's an elf who spent a lot of time feeling deeply unworthy as a lot of events in childhood sort of conditioned that unworthy belief in her. And it, it had a big eating disorder expression. Mm-hmm. And in order to begin to find that authentic place of eating for her, she actually found her way to a hobbit type of eating mm-hmm. style to like bring bread back and mm-hmm. butter back and big savory warm pies yes. and lots of vegetables and fruits that would be mixed into that as a kind of like deeply grounding practice for her body. And then after a few years of letting that kind of eating style wash away, heal away the the eating disorders and the deep deprivation that that had put into her system, then she begins to find that elf thing, which is that her body's just not digesting well and and it really isn't feeling good yes and she i remember her calling me at one point and going i just it's like two days and i can't eat anything yeah i was like okay we'll try the elf thing like let's see if your belly would like just your actual body wants 
steak and salmon and nothing else. <laughs> yes. And yeah. much to her surprise, that was absolutely what her body was calling for. Yeah. And her body led her back to this elf pattern, which yeah. is really the kind of that high fats, high meats, yeah. animal meats, yeah. and um, very low amounts of vegetables and very few amounts of um, carbohydrates. carbohydrates yeah. Shockingly small. Yeah, but that's but, such a good important thing that there's layers of conditioning, and she had to get through the deprivation layer first, and then that just that's that deconditioning of the mind that says these are bad foods, for instance, and by just realizing she didn't die if she eats some bread and butter or whatever, that starts to to take care of that layer. But all the way underneath is this authentic layer. But it takes a while to get there. It takes a while to get there. The journey for you to get there is going to be your own journey. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, um, of course, super important. And, of, and, you know, that's the basis of what our whole, uh, the classes that we do mm -hmm. and the trainings that we do are all built on that kind of a healing process. But generally speaking, if we want to dissolve away that outward surface layer and let that authenticity come up, yeah. you know, that's what's going to come up. And like we're using this example with this friend who was an elf but had to kind of had such deprivation around food, needed to come into this hobbity eating style. Um, in that first move from that deprivation into the hobbit eating style, it felt like freedom. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. this huge feeling of freedom. Yeah. And so for her that was like, this must be authentic yeah. because yeah. it's so free. Yeah. And it was just on a journey towards it because at the at the time – I could see, because I know she's an elf, that it's not going to be nearly as free as eating completely what her body wants whenever her body wants. Yes. And in the hobbity way of eating, those carbs, like all that, the carbs squash the desire for the sweets. And yeah. as an elf, we like a lot of sweets. Yeah. And so the true freedom came on board when she's eating all this protein and all these sweets mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. every meal mm -hmm. and there's not much carb happening at all. And that, that freedom is like the, the comfort in the body, the ability yeah. to sleep well at night, yep. regulating stress, regulating um, overwhelm really well because it's suited to her avatar. Yep. And so I want to say that at each step of the journey, there, as you're healing off that outer layer, it, it can feel like freedom. And I don't want to yep. take that freedom for totally. you. Totally. Yeah. But just know there's more and more freedom available the closer you get yes. to your authentic rhythm. Yeah. As you land in your own important spirally way yeah. to your avatar and the authentic pace of your avatar, that's going to be a very sustainable, effortless freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And so unique and just such a beautiful journey to to witness somebody finding that level of freedom freedom they didn't have any idea was possible yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it is always and and every year we both get to witness that mm -hmm. in our client base where they get closer and closer to their own authentic rhythms yes. and they discover it's like a a baby at christmas yes. and the, the, the joy that 
falls out of your system to be like, is this life? Is life this good? Yes. Can my life be so great? Can it be this effortless and beautiful and simple? (laughs) Yes. And in a way, it's like a reparenting process, you know, where we weren't seen, we weren't, our authentic being wasn't, wasn't witnessed fully. And so we then do that for ourselves. And it is, it's like being a kid again. It's just this discovery of what's possible in life that was usually unconsciously or subconsciously shut down um, in our childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should do some more examples so people can recognize themselves and see if their outward-facing layer or this rising sign is conflicting with them. So so we have some friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about the elf, or no, the hobbit in elf clothing that you're, that you know. Yes. so, oh, the Hobbit in elf clothing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I know of it because I was it. I did it <laughs> for years before I really had this full realization of the avatars. Um, I dressed like an elf. I had a sort of pixie haircut, and I would wear more form-fitting clothing. And it was in it was my not good enough, right? My conditioning that there's something funneling off about me that's attempting to be cool essentially <laughs> it's it's my version of what i thought cool was or respected was so that's a smart fast moving elfy person who looks cool who looks cool cuz right? i know your yeah. friend these friends too and i'm like that is so much what he's doing yes he wants to be cool he wants to be cool to Absolutely. his community to his family yes and they have a story of what cool is exactly they have a story of what cool is and magazine covers covers had a story of what cool is and and it's often an elf frankly it is yeah. It's definitely blueprinted off of yeah. an elf. So, we this friend of ours, it's it's funny because he it's, it's very similar to how I used to be. Where he's got actually natural fiber clothing, so he's got a beautiful cotton shirt and cotton pants, for instance. But they're form fitting; they're just too tight on him. And in an elf. They look comfortable in their clothing, but in this Hobbit, he he's constantly like I used to, adjusting. Like I'm standing talking to him, and the man's adjusting his pants, you know, um, and it just doesn't quite it doesn't quite look like it fits on his body. Their beautiful tailored clothing um, would look just divine on an on elf friend. It doesn't. It yeah. it really. Looks like someone trying to be cool. <laughs> yes, it looks like somebody. It looks like a kid <coughs> playing dress up a little bit, or like he's he's at the shop, you know, and some and his mom's dressing him a little bit, yes. which is kind of what we're talking about. We actually think his wife, who's an elf, might have something to do with this. Yeah, yeah, that she's making a lot of the domestic decisions in that yes. household, and uh, and perhaps you know, like she's making decisions about like she's buying the clothes yeah. and she's uh buying the clothes for her husband and her kids as well as herself yeah. and she's designing the house yes and the living environment and we know their house is extremely modern very modern i mean minimal furniture white big tall ceilings skylights lots of light chrome. coming in chrome very slick clean lines clean lines yeah. there's very little cozy no about that home it's all bright lights yes. bright windows yep it's... vast expanses <laughs> exactly yes just no, nothing nothing cozy i mean there's not curtains there's not really you know warm rugs or anything like that so i look into that house or see that house and it feels cold to me. It uh, it doesn't feel warm and inviting. Um, And I wouldn't even know where to be. Like, (laughs) like I said, I would just feel uncomfortable sitting on the couch. Um, 
Uh, and then similarly, his clothing, you know, it's like as a hobbit, I can just feel the discomfort. Yeah, um, he's often in the garage where yes. his weights are and where it's yeah. a little darker yes. and it's a little more cave-like and yes. it's a little cozier and he's got kind of comfy couches and things set up in the yes. garage. and kind of, you know, making wood piles and things like that. And, yeah. And wherever he can find a more hobbit space and taking a lot of walks. Yeah, he takes yep. a lot of walks with yep. the dogs yep. and the kids. Yep, yep. And, but in his home is not is not fit for him mm-hmm. but his not I'm, I'm going to project here I don't know his I would imagine his not good enough is overlaying this whole thing it's his rising sign a kind of elf rising sign that would say well this is this is right this is what my wife likes this is what makes her comfortable this is um, a very functional home and and, and underneath he's not he's not really listening to what his being his body would love yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> it reminds me of a, a show um, I was watching last night with my Hobbit friend, and it was in a British countryside, and it was a rural rural cottage of mm-hmm. stone, and uh, it was like a Christmas scene. And I was watching this and being repulsed. <laughs> it was just, to me, it looked like damp cold like all this brick and you walked into the cottage and there was a fire going and there was a little tiny couch and I felt suffocated and the the walls to me looked moldy and damp it looked like a fucking cave with no light and so I'm being repulsed by the scene and my hobbit friend says that's so cozy <laughs> oh doesn't that look so cozy <laughs> It's like a perfect example of that. I think it's like, I'm suffocating in the damp, lightless cave. Exactly. (laughs) This is it. This is why it's so important to know what avatar you are. If you're going to keep a home with somebody, we really have to talk this through. Yeah, you really got to find that that combination, that that marriage of it. Yes. Not Um, compromise, but marriage. Not compromise. And this is what's happening, right? With our outward-facing layer, we're compromising in ourselves. Yes. Right. So his authentic system of this friend of ours who would like a more cozy, more dark, mm-hmm. more dimly lit, yes. um, more natural environment and more baggy, comfortable, <laughs> yes. natural woven Another clothes. Size up, up. <laughs> Another size up, please. No pleats. And yeah, exactly. Pants. And also because we know this friend and we socialize with him, he he acts like the cool kid instead of the like goofy silly heart on his sleeve pun filled witty but if you get him going if you've got a little extra time with him that outward facing melts away a little bit and you get this very warm very affable I'll do anything for you uh, hobbit yeah Yeah. big blinky eyes sweet as pie pie. (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but if you see him from outside and you're looking at the first thing you just see is the outward layer if you yes. don't see deep enough, you do see a very cool kid. Yes. The cool kid. Yes. Yes. On the block. Yes. And it's just not. <laughs> it's not a- and so in himself, he's compromising yeah. instead of finding what would be authentically really aligned, really delicious for him. And that, you know, inside of his house, there's many spaces that you can make a cozy, lovely, Absolutely. sweet den that opens into a bright white living room. Like there's many ways that yeah. that is not a compromise, but is just everybody's hell yes together. Absolutely. Might not be that 
modern house, <laughs> totally modern house. Yeah. <laughs> but <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Might be more cottage. Yeah, yeah. The weird about this all, and just something we've said before too, is that generally whatever avatar you are, you benefit from a little bit of hobby, hobbitiness in your house. Yeah, yeah, true. Just a, li- a little bit of cozy in your home environment. And, and I'm saying a little bit. I'm not saying this British yeah. rural cottage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk just briefly about how we can find our way, how we can begin that journey if you don't know where you are. Yeah. So I would say the first thing is to notice... Um, I might say notice where your complaints or your irritabilities yeah. are happening. Yeah. But maybe even before that, we could even roll that back and go before that and go, what do you what avatar do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And that's potentially good. You mm-hmm. know, like like trust that first instinct yeah. of what you think you are. And then when you say to us, like, for instance, I know I love the outdoors. I need to live in a natural environment. I get really antsy if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I really love to research. And I really research outdoor clothing a lot. Mm-hmm. I would already say, like, <laughs> well, the research is still based in the outdoors. Yes. So it's not quite a gnome who's going to literally research Everything they put their hands on. And it's about the research. They love the research part. They may or may not utilize any of the things they research. Yeah, so they're not necessarily going to buy it, right? Yeah. So there's the difference between a hobbit looking for something yeah. versus a gnome who is researching for the sake of research and is doing it on everything. Yes. Um, and so, and then also I'll hear, like, I love to live to be in outdoor nature, whatever, mm-hmm. and I really, but I, but I research, I research this outdoor equipment, but I also really love, you know, I've been eating recently in this keto way, mm-hmm. and I'm really loving the results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what results are those, right? For In our world, there was those results are you feel deeply fulfilled in your body. You feel so deeply nourished with yeah. each meal. Yes. And we, I mean, we pra- this is difficult to do. We won't, we're not going to pretend that this is really easy in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole class that's a very challenging class, the embodiment class, which is about coming in to the actual body, belly, listening, which is a little yeah. different than intuitive. Yeah. It's, it's a much more precise, specific map yeah. about where to listen and what the signals are. Yeah. And then what occurs mm-hmm. when you hear that precise signal Mm -hmm. and it it really is it's kind of an orgasmic process Mm -hmm. um with the food you eat Mm -hmm. the fulfillment and the sustainability of what you ate it it lasts you're so deeply nourished and then that deep nourishment it does things like ancestral memories start popping out stuff that you may not even know we've had people who've been adopted and didn't know they were of russian descent Mm -hmm. and upon working the process in the class start popping out these old Russian, you know, recipes, you know, not knowing that that was their lineage. Yes. And not even like just going into their fridge and starting to pull out things that just their belly, their belly creates all these recipes and and creates these very unique food combinations that they only later realized was a, you know, ancestral soup, you know, from the 18th century or something. Exactly. Yeah. And then either helped to 
to make obvious any illnesses that were in the yes. body that needed to take be taken care of. Yeah. You know, so some underlying conditions get exposed mm-hmm. and or really begins to unravel those underlying conditions. So anyways, in the embodiment process, it's a very challenging process. It's a beautiful course, but um, it, it is a process in which we're learning to hear. And so I would take the food mm-hmm. off the map. Yeah. I'd say... Yeah. I'd say it is so challenging in our society has so many expectations about what a body is supposed to look like. And and what a body is supposed to eat. You know, that's constantly just we've got a new diet every month. We've got new ideas of what are good or bad foods, all these concepts and morality Huge around it. Huge politics are in yep. food, about like veganism and vegetarianism and how we're currently harvesting animals or, or uh, you know, and harvesting plants. Right? We've got an enormous politic and people yeah. feel incredibly passionate about that politic. So yeah. why don't we take food off the table? So don't be confused about your avatar because you might eat mm-hmm. differently than what we're saying an avatar eats like. Yeah. Um, don't, don't measure that. No, that's down the line. It's down the line. <laughs> but let's look more at where you're naturally um, irritable or complaining. Yeah. I, my example is for myself is um, when I used to live with my ex-husband and he was a fairy. He's a fairy. <laughs> and we lived in this loft apartment um, or loft condo with bright lights and every all the stuff exposed. Um, no private areas, no cozy areas. Um, and and as a fairy, he just he has he had we both had a lot of stuff, but he has a lot of toys and a lot of um, all of his computer stuff and tech is all out all the time because <laughs> because as a fairy he wants to be able to move fast and move in and out of whatever he's working on five projects a day. Yeah, he wants to do this flow. Yes, Whereas, but then nine months later and all the projects are all there's all still all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas a hobbit, I need I need that cozy feeling, lower ceilings. Um, but my story was, you know, I'm married. This is our shared space. Um, we love to be together. Um, you know, I should just go along to get along. And um, and it's cool. <laughs> you know, it was a cool loft. It's like the it's the place everybody would want to live. You know, we didn't have a friend that didn't compliment our, our home. Um, but in the meantime, it's just slightly irritating and agitating every day. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't have really a space of my own and a, and a cozy spot. So the, the, if, and I, I would have, I would have maybe still told the story that I loved our house, but underneath, I, if I li- really listen to my body, there's an agitation. I walk in that door after work, and I feel a bit frustrated, and I can't quite find where to go. I don't like I was saying about the elf house. Where do I sit? It, nothing was really comfortable for me. Um, I tried to make it. I compromised. I brought my stuff in. I, you know, decorated in a ways that I'd like. But the the structure itself, and actually sharing the space with with a fairy, <laughs> sharing mo- all the spaces because it was a loft. It was just not working. So if I, you know, if, if you had asked this question back then, I could have probably said, yeah, this, my home is agitating. It's irritating. What is it about that? And might have been able to listen. I had the same experience where, you know, I moved to a, a place a while back um, that was like a, a big parcel of land. And um, there was like, like teepees and yurts and, these little rustic cottages 
and um, it was like that that time. Like I came, I come from the Yukon, a Canadian community that's very that has a very distinct culture, has a very distinct agenda, and that dream of like everybody owns a parcel of land and everybody has a cabin on the land mm. and everybody is sustainable. They all, they all, you know, have a creek or a well they dug themselves and they have all these beautiful sustainable practices. Like, this is the dream. This yes. is how you yeah. live. They're all DIY. They can do everything with their hands. Yeah, and yeah. it's a very, it's a huge cultural overlay mm. of who we are as Yukoners. Yeah. And... And also, it, really, a very political one in a way too. It's it's mm. it's a very like this is how you must live with, in harmony of planet Earth. Yes. And 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 if you're not, you are destroying planet Earth. And yeah. we know because we live by the polar ice caps. Like we're seeing right. the destruction, so we know. Plus, also, isn't this the dream? The yes. dream is to own this land and have the sustainability right. and live like this. Yep. And feeling in those spaces like my outer face are facing I couldn't even tell you mm -hmm. I couldn't even identify for you that 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 culture wasn't the right fit for me yeah I was so sure I was so yeah. a card-carrying member of that culture and yeah. that way you know but every time mm -hmm. I got an invitation to go hunting <laughs> I found another reason to not yes. you know because yeah. what I wanted to do was follow my ideas and yes. I wanted to work on my business yes I didn't want to actually go hunting yes, yes. I, I couldn't imagine it yes. right it's a very dwarfy culture yeah, yeah. and um a nomi culture mm. and uh, but also just nowhere for me to live. There was, you know, like all the, all the spaces. Cause, right. and I'm so ironically, like I'm very energetically sensitive and these, these teepees, they're smoky and they're carrying mm. the smoke and, mm. and they're carrying the energy. They're not clearing. Right. And you have this assumption that when you go into this space that it's all this good vibes and good energy, mm. but it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's trapped in and mm -hmm. it was like. Um, and same with the cottages, you know, they're really <laughs> the same thing, mm -hmm. like award-winning, gorgeous, sustainable <laughs> properties, you know, that were so beautiful. But some of them, like, it was really common to have a rock floor, right? like right. a gravel floor with like wood, wood pathways. Mm -hmm. And I hated mm -hmm. it, right. hated right. it. And you climb up steps and then you, you kind of would sleep in these little Kind of cavey lofts, cave lofts. Oh, yeah, yeah, that were so like closed in for you. And then, of course, you could heat them easily because it's so cold in the Yukon, right. which and is so ethically good. It's so ethically, like you build up, yes. and that's how you sustain the heat. But it also sustained the energy, right? And so, for me, I found these really claustrophobic, thick, dense energy pools, and mm. I needed bright, light, spacious, open mm. spaces. Absolutely, and. Um, yeah, so it was the same thing. I wouldn't have been able to tell you um, that. But if you looked at my behavior, I always found other plants <laughs> than to go hunting. And I slept in the back of my truck mm. so much of the time. Yeah, your own space. That my, you yeah, own. That, that yeah, that was open. I had yeah. the whole back open and all the windows wide open. Yeah. And it was, I could, you know, it was a small space. I could clear it and smudge it. Mm. You know, even like... You know, for a lot of years, I lived with my boyfriend, and he had his room, and I stayed in the truck. 
And so if you if you looked and because you because you couldn't ask me because yeah. I would have thought no no this is the dream yeah 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 but and it took decades to unravel that yeah. from me yeah and and you know and ultimately took me having it for myself and yeah. and living in a very very quiet rural place my own cottage that was quite bright quite light mm-hmm. but. Oh, it took years and years and years to unravel to know how much I did not like that at all. Yeah. So it's this internal feeling that, yeah, you might still tell the story (laughs) that this is good. This is great. This is cool. This is whatever. But underneath all that, there's a there's a a sense of things. But it's it's so confusing. And I just want to honor that confusion for you guys listening. Like it's real. Yeah. And I can look, I can look at like home design shows and see people who have built on a sustainable parcel of land, this really sustainable cottage. And I can still so quickly buy in yes. that this is wonderful, yeah. yeah, but it does not have the modernity or the sleekness. Yeah. And when I would watch something like a Dear, Dear Bannon show, who is an elf designing very elfy style things, mm. the deep exhale of my body. There's the feeling, yeah, that deep exhale, that, oh, yum, yes, I want to be there. And it can be subtle. To the very difference subtle. between the deep exhale of my body, wanting that modernity, those clean lines, that everything white, <laughs> I, wanna, I want to not see a kitchen, that it's not actually there, but then I push a few buttons and there's a chef's kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, with super high tech everything, you know, yeah. cooking out of microwaves. I want to do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, you know, and I want these big, I want windows the size of the walls, you know, yeah. and it's just, I want that. I want these, I want the, the, the kind of open cleanliness that I want to walk inside my house and outside my house as if it's all marble time. <laughs> you know, like, yes. like that's the deep exhale, but that mm-hmm. is confusing versus the, should mm-hmm. when I'm looking at these beautiful hand-hewn log cottages or or just beautiful wooden sustainable mm-hmm. eco lodges on the sustainable land and when you look at that the sh- my should makes it seem like that is lovely yes and my deep exhale of my body it's overridden is overridden yeah. by it yeah and so just that like it really is a deep place of confusion and yeah. it just is a a healing movement where we just move more and more yeah. into what is authentically ourselves yeah. and that's a winding winding road yeah. and an important road yeah absolutely and uh, we we can't we can't we can't predict that for you we can't predict what what'll drop away first or what'll evolve and what you'll well, you'll recognize first. We just we don't know, but we can keep encouraging using utilizing the tools. And if you put awareness in your body, and if you question those core beliefs, things happen. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. You you the information is there. The truth and the alignment is there. It's it's here right now, but we just have none of us have been encouraged to look there. Yeah, we don't have the practice of it. So yeah, so there's the basic recipe: is whatever you think you probably mm-hmm. are. Start there. Yeah. Then add a little bit of personal awareness, looking at where you're slightly uncomfortable, slightly gritty. There's an ever so subtle should. Mm -hmm. There's an ever so subtle or maybe even very obvious 
this is all so great. The problem is me. Yeah. Yeah. That's always suspect. <laughs> that's so suspect when that's the word. It's yeah. all so great and everybody loves it so much. So the problem is me. Mm-hmm. I have to adjust. Yeah. Look there because the problem may not be you. Mm-hmm. And the problem may not be the environment. It's yeah. just not the right alignment for you. Yeah. And allow for your own, uh, the third piece is just mm-hmm. allow for your own unwinding. But you. But we've put a map forward for mm-hmm. you in these first eight episodes we have mm-hmm. here is a very strong map of the direction to head towards. And again, keep food off the table. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a map of a direction to lean towards. And we've been very clear with home environments and interior design and uh, the way we interact, the way we fight, Mm -hmm. the way that we dress, the way that we will um, lean towards a relationship or away from relationship. So all of this is, there's a map for Mm -hmm. you to to head towards in your own winding way. Yeah. Right. Cool. So lastly, we'd love to hear from you. What Mm -hmm. do you think you are? Head over to our Facebook group and tell us who you think you are. And then if you want, please let us know where you are confused and and we'll come in. We're Mm -hmm. we're there. So we're going to chat with you. We're listening. We want to hear. We want to hear your thought process, what you're discovering. And uh, yeah, let us know. If you're not on the Facebook, of course, you can try the the email. Mm -hmm. So, cool. Talk to you next time. Talk to you. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you.